With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With David Hurlbut on Mile High Sports. So glad you could join us here on a Thursday, September 7th. Play that song a little more, Alex. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Wow. First of all, it feels like that was 10 to 20 years ago. There you go. Got the course. Got the course. That goes out to a very special girl in Dayton, Ohio, who probably should be in school right now. But a big, big, big happy birthday to my niece, Allison, who is kind of the lone ranger among uh, three brothers and uh, two male cousins now. So of my six nephews and niece, just the one niece, but she can hold her own. Trust me. So Allison, great American. The girl's got more uh, nicknames than an NBA player. Uh, happy birthday today. Again, you're probably in school. Maybe mom can play this for you later. I understand that's one of your favorite songs, and why not? Have a great day. Have a fun day. Happy birthday from all of us here in Denver. We love you so, so much. Listen to all of them. Listen to that crowd. <laughs> oh, 303-831-1340. How you doing, Alex? Doing good. Doing good. Hey, we got football. Real football tonight. Real big boy football tonight. Speaking of big boys, how you doing, AC? Not too bad, Dave. I'm uh, as excited as everybody because not only is there football, but we got some serious freaky U.S. Open stuff going on. So I'm... Uh, I'm living a smorgasbord of of, uh, of sports on television right now, and it's going to be a huge, huge weekend for myself. Oh, it's it, it's look, I'm a broken record for years, months, weeks, and days. I've been saying it. it's the best time of the year. NFL football tonight. You and I love our tennis, our country's championship, U.S. Open. You got the Ryder Cup in a couple of weeks. You've got college football. The team down the road for me is now relevant again. And AZ, let's start there. Wow, I thought that CU would cover. 
I was very uh, curious and excited to see Dion. Uh, he's one of the most charismatic, exciting, and great athletes I've ever seen in my life. But he went in there and he remade the uh, entire roster. And his son throws for 510 yards. This Travis Hunter plays over 100 plays. And they knock off a team in the championship game last year. I know a lot of players left, but, you know, that was a pretty impressive win for the CU Buffs in week one. Well, I mean, it actually lifted the entire profile of college football, that game. I mean, that literally lit the fire. It lit the fuse for all of the interest that, that you want to have in college football just by virtue of one guy, Deion Sanders, coming in with one result and having everybody talking and going crazy and then going, oh, by the way, you know, Texas and Alabama this weekend and all of the other great teams and great stories. I mean, I was listening to Colin Cowherd going absolutely crazy talking about the conference formerly known as the Pac, about to be formerly known as the Pac-12 with five or six guys that he feels are going to be starting on Sunday within the next two years, and Shadur Sanders, not the least of which. Oh, the Travis Hunter is incredible. Uh, you know, to do that in 98 to 100-degree heat, I don't need to tell you about that. You lived in Texas during this time of the year mm-hmm. to play 100 snaps. The conditioning uh, is, is phenomenal. And uh, look, what more can you say about Deion Sanders? I mean, he is one of the brightest stars in, in sports or non-sports, I, I was in the room with him once out in L.A. The guy walks in the room, and, and you know it. And uh, he, he's like a black hole just drawing attention to him and himself. And uh, you're right, A.C. He, I'm telling you, I think CU right now, it, it's the center not only of uh, college football, but maybe right up until tonight, football period. I don't know if you heard some of these stats, but – Within a few days, you know, the point spread on this game uh, Saturday swung 10 points from Nebraska being favored seven to now I think it's CU by like three and a half. And AZ, this is the one I just can't believe. Alex and I couldn't believe it yesterday. Maybe you heard it. The CU-Nebraska game this Saturday is the most expensive ticket in football, college or pro, this entire weekend. Even more than, say, the Cowboys at the Giants on Sunday night with like New York City jersey prices. CU Nebraska is a hotter ticket. Well, I, I got I got a brother that's going to Birmingham tomorrow that may beg to differ with what he just dropped on a horns ticket to the you know Texas Alabama game, but you're probably right. And again, it's a freak show. The the Hunter kid, we've seen this before. His name was Champ Bailey. Remember Champ at Georgia? was doing the same thing. And and when you've got a guy like that on the field, and then you got a guy like Shadur Sanders on the field, and then you got a guy like Deion Sanders on the field, um, and then you've got the rivalry which which Deion sort of alluded to in one of his pressers this week, you know, talking about really embracing the rivalry and embracing the hatred. I think a little bit, you know, kind of like a sports hate, but still in all, um, to see CU and Nebraska suddenly sprout up out of nowhere as this relevant this early in the year. I remember when it used to be a great game, you know, and it was always Thanksgiving weekend. Here it is early September, and we're, you know, chomping at the bit and wringing our hands waiting for this thing to start. Amen, brother. Amen. Give me a uh, prediction on that game, CU-Nebraska. 
Well, you know, you, you, you want to be super careful with what your expectations are. I mean, obviously, CU jumps in a one-win team last year. Well, they're, now they're a one-win team this year uh, in early September, but they jumped into the top 25. So, obviously, there's a lot of people that are real impressed with them. I think that, I think they're going to keep it going. I think that CU wins. I don't know much about what Nebraska brings back. They have been downtrodden over the course of the last, you know, quite some time. And I think they're, uh, I think they're in for a, a rude awakening when they get to Boulder. And I think that that fan base is going to be out of their minds, excited about this team. And I, I think if they can withstand the storm of the first half, what's going to be coming at them, Nebraska might be able to make it a game. But ultimately, I think there's just too many skill position players on the field and CU puts up somewhere in the mid thirties and wins it by 10. There you go. There you go. Boy, uh, I, I'd love to be a fly in the wall or, 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 you know, a patron and a, a fan in the seats when that moment, when Ralphie runs on the field, cause it, it probably, it's probably the, going to be the loudest it's ever been, or maybe since the early nineties. I mean, that is going to be a, a, you know, the hair on the back of your neck standing up moment. Uh, I'm with you. I, I think CU gets it done. I don't know exact specifics. I know Matt Rule's a good college coach, but we got to give that's, him. That's something that, that's a great point. That is something that cannot be understated is the Matt Rule effect. You know, we saw what he did with Baylor. It's yep. still early in his tenure at Nebraska, but that is not your, your, your let's say, older brother's Nebraska team anymore now that Matt Rule is there. No, no, it, it should be a, a wonderful game, but I'm going to stick with you and the home team, and I just don't think Dion will allow them to lose the home opener against Nebraska. Uh, Alex, quick pick, uh, since we're off tomorrow, see you in Nebraska. Uh, I'll go Buffs by 17, I'll say. Uh, Whoa! I'll say, four. yeah, <laughs> okay. 42-26, something like that. Wow, okay, okay. The offense continues to roll. AZ, uh, we got about a minute or so left in this segment. Um, you know I love you. You got a big game this weekend, your alma mater. What do you got? I'm scared to death, David. I, I just I, I don't like the way we looked against Rice. I don't think that Sark showed Nick Saban everything in the tool chest because that would be a foolish thing for him to do. But we really struggled moving the ball, even though I think Texas is considered to have a little bit of a matchup advantage at the quarterback position. I mean, just Alabama is Alabama in Alabama. And I'm just, I'm just going to be kind of watching that one with both hands over my eyes and maybe just spreading two fingers apart barely, yeah. you know, for the first quarter and just hoping that we, we come out ready for our skill position players to do what they do. I mean, we're, we're, we're on paper, we're loaded, but we've been loaded on paper a lot of times and, and, and missed the bowl game that year. So yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, Cautiously pessimistic, David. Okay, okay. I, I I won't even ask you for a prediction because like I just thank you. I can hear it. Yeah. I can hear it in your voice. I, I, I already wanna, have a stomachache at the thought of it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to ask you to pick against your team if that's the way you would. So you're nervous, and we can hear it. And uh, I get it. I get it. You're going into the uh, you're going into a rough neighborhood there in, in Bama. All right, nine eleven in the morning. Az for two more segments. Let's do some U.S. Open when we return on the morning huddle.
The Morning Huddle with David Hurlbut on Mile High Sports. in the morning, Thursday, September 7th, last day of the week for us, I have to travel tomorrow to honor, remember my Uncle Terry down in Dallas on Saturday, so I will be off tomorrow, back with you Monday, and no shortage of topics to talk about Monday uh, when I see you again. Andy Zone joining us, Alex Becker running the show as always, I'm your host David Hurl, but uh, AZ... Uh, anything going on in Flushing, uh, you know, just off the 7 train there? Yeah, just a little bit. Um, you know, the stories really are, to, for me, there's, for me, there are numerous, but I'm going to limit it to four. Obviously, Carlos Alcaraz is doing things that, that just match up really well with the appetite that New York has for entertainment. Uh, the guy is doing things on the court, the likes of which we have seen, but it's a combination of Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic. He's doing, he's doing all of that and some. Interesting about Alcaraz, David, is he's 20 years old. I mean, John McEnroe can't even can't even summon the support the superlatives, nor can Patrick, nor can Chris Fowler, or anybody else that are that are calling the matches right now. But what he does is he entertains the crowd. He can hit any shot at any time. And sometimes having an embarrassment of riches at your fingertips the way Alcaraz does can be a player's worst enemy because they have a tendency to have so many choices at all times that they oftentimes try things that weren't necessarily the most intelligent choice at that moment. Alcaraz seems to make the right decision all the time, and he's 20. He yeah. plays entertaining tennis but he plays winning tennis at the same time. And there's a fine line there. You know, it's, it's, and, and again, I've, I've made the comparison that he is, he is the Patrick Mahomes of our sport. He is a guy that you can't help but, but gravitate toward. You can't help but just shake your head at what you're seeing on the field. And then the, the interviews afterward, the guy just absolutely has the big apple in the palm of his hand. He is the most engaging, endearing likable superstar that the sport has had since Federer burst onto the scene back in the day. And he's 20 years old, mm-hmm. one, two majors already. It's unbelievable. Talk with so, Andy Zoden. Yeah. Did you have one more? Uh, I was about to say, well, there's that story. Obviously there's Coco Goff who was in the semis and sure. with a six, two, six love over Elena Ostapenko who had just beaten world number one, Igish Fontek. So there's a lot riding here and she certainly has an opportunity She'll play Karolina Mukova uh, in the semifinals today, and she is going to have her hands full. Mukova is a very, very tough customer, made it to the finals of the French this year, narrowly lost that final. So golf is no sure, no sure bet there. You've got Ben Shelton, who is the lone unseeded player left in the men's semis. You've got the top three seeds, Alcaraz, uh, Djokovic, and Medvedev, and then you've got this young Ben Shelton, uh, NCAA champion out of the University of Florida, who actually incidentally played for his father, Brian Shelton, who was a nice ATP player in his own right, who's the coach at Florida. And now Ben Shelton, who's got one of the biggest serves, that we, probably the biggest serve we've had since Andy Roddick uh, in that semifinal uh, against Djokovic. He won't beat Djokovic. 
going to be fun to watch. Um, and then Austin Krychek, who people are, I've talked about him only because my dear friend that I taught how to play tennis is his coach. And uh, he's number one in the world in doubles right now. And he's in the semis of both the men's doubles and the mixed doubles teaming with Jessica Pagula. So I consider Austin Krychek, for me, to be a really good story, having a great U.S. Open in the semis of both. And maybe he wins, maybe he wins two majors. So lots of cool stuff going on right now. That is very cool. Um, okay, so let's go through real quick. We are real quick. Real quick, each semifinal. Uh, we'll start with the women's. Uh, all these matches, of course, in Arthur Ashe Stadium. Uh, Sabalenka against Keys. You know, that's a slugfest, and it's great to see Madison Keys back in the semifinals of a major. And, you know, she's a girl who over the years has put a ton of pressure on herself. And for the first three quarters of her career, it didn't really seem like she was enjoying the process because of the amount of pressure she had placed on herself. Made it to a U.S. Open final several years ago. Uh, lost to Sloan Stevens in that final, I believe it was 2017. Back in the semis. Sabalenka just becomes the number one player in the world. She's the Aussie Open champion. She's the first person since Serena Williams to make it to the semis of all four majors in the same year. She's hitting the hell out of the ball. So is Madison Keys. I think Sabalenka is going to be a tough out, but not impossible. Uh, it's going to be like um, Hagler and Hearns on that court as far as women's okay. tennis goes. Uh, so anybody could knock anybody out, but you would have to give the edge to Sabalenka just by virtue of you know, previous year's results. All right. And she would play the winner of golf, Makova. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, boy, I'm going to give Coco the narrow edge there because I think she's going to uh, take flight, you know, on the, on the basis of that New York crowd. I think she's really digging that. It seems like the, the, the teaming up with Brad Gilbert has really hit the mark. I mean, that was a shocking result against uh, Yelena Ostapenko's Six two? Are you kidding me? I mean, that's that's crazy. Golf comes off of a win in Cincinnati. Um, she is just playing the best tennis of her life. She's 19 years of age right now, which is, you know, she's entering now. Believe it or not, even though she's only 19, she's entering now the prime of a young woman's player's career. And this is this is a great opportunity for her. And I don't I don't think she's going to squander it. I think B, I think Brad Gilbert BG is going to going to give her what she needs to get through to that final. And who wins it? I think Goff may pull this one out. You know, it's we've seen Cinderella stories um, before. You know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago with Emirata Kanu and Layla Fernandez in that crazy final that we'll never forget. But this isn't that kind of Cinderella story if Goff wins it. She's a top ten player in the world. She's number six. But it's still it's still a little bit of a Cinderella story for that 19-year-old kid to win her first major uh, on Arthur Ashe Stadium, the 50-year anniversary of equal prize money, just a, a lot of juice on the court, uh, you know, opening weekend of the NFL season, just everything in the air right now. Jimmy Butler in the crowd rooting for her and everybody else. I think it would be just an amazing thing for American tennis to watch golf win. It, it, would, be, it would be something super special. It would be. It really would be. Uh, over to the men's, um, can Shelton push Djokovic at all? Yeah, he can push him, you know, because he serves so big. And if you serve huge and you hit a decent percentage of first serves, you can take the racket out of Novak's hand. We've seen Kyrgios do it. Not a lot of guys, but not a lot of guys serve as big as Ben Shelton. The problem is if you saw the match against Francis Tiafo, he was serving for the third set at 6-5, and he double-faulted twice in a row. 
he Whoa. was up two sets to light. He, he ended up winning the set because he had a rocket forehand down set point, and then he ends up winning the set, winning the match. On Tommy Paul, he was up 6-3, ends up having to win it in four sets. So he has that tendency to sort of feel the moment and, and tighten up a bit. And Novak right now is basically – I mean, he is all but yawning through his matches, David. I mean, it's it's sweltering hot. But I mean, the guy is just out there. It's like uh, it's like watching a guy like go out for a jog in the morning when he comes onto that court. I mean, he's so relaxed and so comfortable and playing so well and so fit and so healthy and just so like I don't know. I think he's feeling a lot of positive energy and positive vibes from the American crowd. Now they'll be behind Ben Shelton. But it's all that's going to do is give Novak a little bit of a wry smile, and he'll sort of look at the crowd out of the corner of his eyes and shake his head like, "Okay, you guys done yet?" Yeah, yeah. Because now I'm going to bagel this kid. You know, he'll yeah, he'll 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 give a tennis lesson to uh, to Ben Shelton. Ben Shelton will be all the better for the experience of having played the best player of all time on center court in his first semifinal of a major, but. I, he might win a set. My suspicion is you're going to see Djokovic advance in three and uh, be fresh as a daisy for that final on Sunday. And uh, Shelton's a lefty, right? Isn't he lefty? Yeah. Okay. Monster okay. lefty. Yeah, with cool. a serve that is just off the planet. Looking forward to it. Um, I'm really looking forward to Medvedev Alcaraz. Medvedev winning this, what, two years ago? So um, can he push Alcaraz? Well, you know, Medvedev's the guy that, that interrupted Djokovic's calendar slam in 21 and, and beat Novak in straight sets that day. And so on a hard court, Medvedev is a, is a tricky out. Now at Wimbledon, Alcaraz made him look foolish, Medvedev. And he yep. made Zverev look foolish last night. I mean, he literally, he was toying with him. And I was just like, I was texting Matt Vlander about it. And he said, you know, Novak, this is the one thing that Novak's got to be taking note of is what direction is the sport going right now? And, and, and the answer is whatever direction this kid wants to take it. I'll take Alcaraz because I'll take Alcaraz against anybody right now. But does Medvedev have a fighting chance? It would, it would, require, it would require Carlos somehow having a bit of a lull, which isn't likely considering he seems to just beast off of the New York atmosphere and the New York crowd, and they love him. And they will be backing him huge, and he will be just vamos all day long in that final. That is a popcorn Friday night match, if there ever was one, and that New York crowd is going to be electric. Look, man, there's no better crowd uh, when when you're winning and when they embrace you and you embrace them. Uh, whether you're, you know, Jimmy Connors, Alcaraz, Derek Jeter, or you're a rock star like Billy Joel or Bruce Springsteen, um, you know, if you if you spill your guts on whatever stage you're performing on, they will love you. Who wins the Men's U.S. Open? You know what? You know what else they love about him, David? Before I get to that, they love yeah. his they love his genuine humility, blended with his youthful confidence and exuberance and you can tell that what he says is is legit he's he's definitely um you know part of the he's skiing in the wake of nadal with regard to what he does in front of a microphone and that's a beautiful thing for our sport i think carlos alcaraz wins it i I mean i think Djokovic is cruising to the final but i think i think carlos is going to get him again they seem to go back and forth 
Djokovic got him at the French. Carlos got him at Wimbledon. Joker got him in Cincinnati. I think it's Carlos's turn, and I think he defends his title for the first time. And I don't think anybody's won two Opens in a row since Federer did it. Oh. 708 or 0809. No one's done it in that in 15 years. The only chink I see in uh, Carlos's armor is I might, I might have him take a, you know, a ride over to Madison Avenue, maybe pick up a new shirt. That's about it. I'm not crazy about the shirt. I, I, I you might can't blame him else. for that. That Nike seems to be all about this whole sleeveless look right now. I know. I mean, Francis TFO, I mean, it's not even sleeveless on him. It's like the sleeveless shirt that the guy wears at Wash Park where his underarm hair is hanging out. It's like, I don't get that either. But he wears what they pay him millions of dollars to wear, and that's that. You know? Yeah, I get it. It's laid out on his uh, bed for him when he comes out of the shower. I get it. I get it. When we come back, AZ, let's fly through some picks. It's that time of the year, and then we'll do a little Broncos Raiders right here. Mile High Sports. Like a rolling stone. But you know you only used to get juiced in it. Nobody's ever taught you how to live out on the street, and now you're gonna have to get used to it. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The Morning Huddle with David Hurlbutt on Mile High Sports. Nine thirty-two in the morning. Oh, I'm so pumped! I'm so pumped. Detroit at Kansas City tonight. Women's semifinals, men's semifinals. U.S. Open, end of the month, Ryder Cup. I may have mentioned that 50, 60 times. CU, Nebraska. If you had told me, sounds like a 30 for 30, what if I told you about a year ago that this Saturday CU-Nebraska game would be about the most anticipated football game of of the weekend across the country? I would have laughed at you. What a time of the year. AZ, you ready to do a few picks, my friend, and then talk a little Raiders-Broncos? Let's do it, Dave. All right, brother. Uh, let's start with tonight. Why not? Uh, Detroit, a lot of people talking about them. Tough coach team. Uh, you know, Travis Kelsey, I think he's going to test that knee. Last time I checked, I don't think they're, I mean, is, is there a defensive? Oh, you guys know me in names. Who, who's the defensive Chris player? Jones. Thank you. Uh, what's the latest on him? Is he playing uh, tonight? Is he still holding out? What's going on? He's still holding out. I think the only, the only major deal that got done yesterday was the Bosa deal, which was, you know, definitely reset the market and nobody's happier to see that deal get done probably than Chris Jones. But, uh, I'm sure that they'll, they'll get him back soon. They won't get him back in time for tonight. Obviously I don't think Kelsey's going to go. 
that's just my feeling, and that's because I've got him on about three fantasy teams. Of so course. why would he go? You know, right. so just Murphy's Law on that. But based on based on that injury, and I had my knee looked at yesterday because I've got a a slight tweak in mine as well. And so I asked my orthopedic guy, and he just shook his head like hyperextension of any kind with that guy's value. And on a Thursday night, let him rest until a week from Sunday. And his guess is that he plays game two, but not tonight. Detroit's a super trendy pick this year, and why wouldn't they be the way they finished the season? And then to bring in the uh, the Jameer kid, Gibbs kid from Alabama, who I heard uh, I heard Lewis Riddick refer to that guy as the next Marshall Falk. Um, so Detroit's going to be bringing it to, to Kansas City tonight. But David, they're still Kansas City. I know. It's you know, it's like Djokovic. It's like it's like they're still. You know, the guy, they, they've been there, they've done it. It's still Andy Reid, it's still Mahomes. I just, I, I, you know, it's kind of like how I feel about Texas going to Alabama. All of the stars are aligning themselves for us to be able to go in and get that win. But I, I give I give Detroit a nice chance, but I still think Kansas City figures out a way to kick a field goal late. Yeah, I asked myself three quick questions on the break. Uh, is, is Andy Reid still there? Is number 15 still suiting up? Are they still... Uh, playing at home and one of the great home field advantages. I'm with you, Casey. Casey, I get you. I get you. Uh, this game I'm really curious about, man. San Fran at Pittsburgh. We know Pittsburgh, very loud, knowledgeable fan base. The terrible towels. Uh, love their coach. Uh, second year for now uh, Pickett, the, the quarterback out of Pitt. Uh, T.J. Watt's going to want to introduce himself to Brock Purdy. How about Joey Porter Jr.? For the Steelers, going to start. You know, his dad played there, playing for his dad's team. Could they knock off San Francisco? It's in Pittsburgh. Well, you've already started with two of the trendiest picks in the NFL with Detroit and now Pittsburgh. Everybody loves the way George Pickens now looks. I mean, if you you know you think of him, it's like they're talking about him being the second coming of Lynn Swan. And you've got you've obviously got Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris. You've got. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, the tight end, in, the, in his third year. And, I mean, so everything, you know, you listen to interviews with Pickett, and he sounds like he's ready to take this thing on. He's a confident kid. And, like you said, Mike Tomlin, I mean, losing seasons just don't happen. And so they've got T.J. Watt. I mean, yeah, yeah, Pittsburgh's going to have something for San Francisco, and San Francisco is loaded as well. But I think that this Pittsburgh team is going to come right out, and they're going to have something to say about what direction this AFC North is going to is going to go. And I think they'll hold serve at home. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, look, Bosa is obviously a supremely conditioned athlete, but we all know that phrase, football shape. You know, how many snaps will he get this weekend? You know, having just signed the deal yesterday. He didn't have that four weeks to, you know, to tune up, to ramp up. Um, I'm with you. I was hoping you'd pick San Fran and we might differ, but I'm with you. Pittsburgh at home. Uh, did, look, you see, uh, did you see the look that Kyle Shanahan gave the guy in the presser when he asked if T.J. Watt would be ready for the series, or if he asked if Nick Mosa would be ready? I did not. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> he just uh, at him I'll like, look for it. What the hell do you think? And he just said, yeah, I mean, if he doesn't come in with a big pot belly and just way out of shape, then we think he'll be fine. And it's like, a what? A pot what? No. Yeah. Exactly. They both ain't coming in looking like that. So I, oh, no way, fun. no way. He, he, he's a machine. I get it. I get it. Uh, as always, you and I love to chat. We've got to pick up the pace a little because I want to get to a few of these games. Yep, yep. How about the Dolphins at Chargers? You're Chargers, right? I'll take the over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got the fifth and sixth pick in the draft. 
probably should have been reversed if that had been done over again. Uh, although Justin Herbert may have even gone before that, but uh, that's just going to be a great shootout and and get your popcorn ready. And all I can say is I'm really glad that DirecTV is offering me the red zone this year because I'm going to get to see some of that because there's going to be a lot of red zone offense in that game. Who you got? Uh, I'll take San Diego, even though I still call them San Diego. Uh, I'll, t- <laughs> I'll take the Chargers. That's at SoFi, right? Or is it Miami? Where is I'll take the home it's, team. It's at SoFi. SoFi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I like Herbert and Eckler, and they got the new kid, Quentin Johnston. I mean, they are just – they're a fireworks show ready to – that's just a track meet, that game. What a start. No, it's going to be so much fun. Absolutely. I'll take the Chargers as well. I'm curious how many Miami fans will be there. We know it's never really a – Huge home field advantage. Um, scrolling down here, Sunday night football. You got some. You got a couple fun Sunday night and Monday night games. Sunday night, Dallas at the Giants. I'll just pencil myself in. Dallas, who you got? Love the Giants there. Okay. Why? Many times. I just think Dak's got a lot of pressure on him right now with all of the talk during the offseason about how mistake-prone he has been. I have a feeling he may come out in that first game and just be a little tentative. I like the way the Giants looked, albeit not so great against Philadelphia in the playoffs, but looked really good against Minnesota. And if we see the Danny Dimes that we saw against Minnesota in the playoffs with the emergence of some of these guys like Isaiah Hodgins, and then they drafted this Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee, a nice healthy Saquon Barkley who's going to be running with a chip on his shoulder, Brian Dable, home game, divisional game, you know, home team dog. I'll just, I'll just play the home team dog card there. Dak does struggle with the Giants. He's 11-1, and one, so I'll stick with uh, <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> okay, fair enough, um, No, it, it'll be very close, very close. Um, look, they got a quick turnaround in MetLife because the following night the Jets host the Bills on Ooh. Monday Night Football. God, I mean, I just don't know what the Bills – I don't know what to make of them. They don't have Vaughn Miller back. They looked horrible. At the end of the year. Now, the DeMar Hamlin could have had any number of different effects on the psyche of that team, and it didn't look like it was a positive one. But this is a new year. He's back on the roster. He's healthy. I think they want to kind of maybe go, you know, into MetLife with a big, you know, big, bold statement of Aaron who. I really do. That being said, you know, the Jets are talking about having the best defense since the 85 Bears, if you ask one of their defensive backs. So yep. I think that's another popcorn game. I, I think I'm going to take the Bills there, but, you know, with with, with kind of a hold-your-breath mentality about that pick. I I'm, I love the Jets, man. I'm all in. Maybe okay. it's fool's gold. Maybe it's fool's gold. Maybe it's a little emotional with all my friends and family who like the Jets. I'm just happy for them. That place, man. I, I'm very curious to see which crowd will be louder, the Giant fan base Sunday night or the Jet fan base Monday night, obviously both in Jersey. Uh, look, if this were any other quarterback in a new team, maybe they'd be very nervous, but this is Aaron Rodgers. That connection with Wilson seems to be outstanding. Brees Hall, it looks to be ready to go. I love Sauce Gardner. I love their Dalvin defense. Cook. Yeah, uh, Dalvin Cook. He'll be fresh as a daisy, uh, at least for week one. Yeah, like you, you would said, hope. No, you would hope, right. <laughs> like you said, no Vaughn. And I just don't know how happy you – know, you don't have to be best friends, but I just don't know what's going on with Diggs. Maybe it'll be just fine for week one, but uh, – Man, I, I think he could be on another team by late November. Um, but I'm going to go with the Jets at home, J-E-T-S. Raiders coming to Denver, my friend, week one. Raiders at the Broncos. 
I mean, theoretically, we 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 should be fine. I mean, it's it's getting a little weird around here with some of the rhetoric between Coach Payton and Russell Wilson, and you know, quick kissing babies and thinking that you're running for public office and all that kind of stuff. That that makes you a little nervous, but it's kind of hard to disagree with it. Um, you've had all the injuries on the skill, you know, with the skill position guys. You don't know what Marvin Mims is going to be able to come in and look like. You hope Dulcich has you know, picked up the pace and ready to go for a year or two and even better than he was last year, which he was pretty good last year. Uh, is the offensive line going to hold up the, you know, you were talking about the uh, Cowboys dominating the giants. Well, lately the Raiders have had the Broncos number, but I'm going to, I'm going to put my faith in coach Payton to figure out a way to get this one done because it was sure disappointing last year at this time when we went into Seattle and realized that we weren't going, you know, 12 and five. <laughs> right. Right. Once we realized what we had on our hands there. We were like, uh Oh, you know, it was like Dustin Hoffman and rain man. What's in that game? Uh Oh, and uh, <laughs> I hope it's a better outcome this year with coach Payton and I'll, I'll, I'll take the Broncos, but I think that like what we've seen for the past several years, it won't be without its fair share of kind of shooting ourselves in the foot along the way. I might get into it a little more in detail in my final segment, but for the sake of head-to-head, I'm with you, the Broncos. Um, look, Josh Jacobs always plays well against the Broncos, but there's no Waller anymore. How will Jimmy G, you know, his chemistry with, uh, you know, Devontae Adams, how will that look? Crosby is a beast on defense. Um, of course, it's Josh McDaniels coming to Denver. That's still a good story, at least maybe for another game or two, then maybe it'll be, you know, watered down a bit. Uh, but look, the coaching difference between last year's opener and this year's opener is, is night and day. And you could see some of the goofiness with Nathaniel Hackett in New York. And maybe that's okay as a coordinator, but not as much as the head coach. I'm with you. The Broncos hold serve. Uh, 225 right here, mile high. You got a score just like an idea? Like uh, any idea what you're thinking? Well, if, if, if this team is anything like last year, it's going to be like, you know, 11-8. <laughs> You know, but let's let's go with something a little more conventional and hope that it's going to lead to a little bit more of a conventional season. And let's just go with just one of your basic garden variety, you know, 20 to 17 wins. Fair enough. AZ, I'm sure we'll be texting a lot over the next few days. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Enjoy it. And sorry for your loss, David, and hope all goes well in Dallas for you. Thanks, man. Much appreciated. Okay. Come on back, folks. 944 in the morning right here. My Life Sports. Morning Huddle with David Hurlbutt on Mile High Sports. Nine forty-eight in the morning. I hope my allergies have not been that bad for you folks all week. Be very curious when I go to Dallas for forty or twenty-four hours if they clear up a little or if they're just. Uh, if it's that bad from Colorado. Uh, thanks for a great uh, short week, folks. I will be back on Monday. We're off tomorrow. Uh, what do we got here? Alex, I'm just curious. Who do you have? Dallas at the Giants. 
Uh, I will go. I'll go Dallas in a close one. Honestly, it's it's kind of a pick 'em game for me. Giants being at home gonna help out. I, I like the off season like AZ was talking about, but I think Dallas finds a way to win a, a close one, maybe by a field goal. Yeah, that's always a tough place to play. It's a very loud stadium. Uh, I do think it'll be close. I didn't say that with AZ, but look, Dallas is very very talented. The Brandon Cooks can still run like the wind. Don't forget they picked him up. Uh, Gilmore, just don't forget they picked up Gilmore. He was awesome last year with uh, the Colts. Was it the Colts? Yeah, yeah, he was with the Colts yeah. last year. Yeah. Remember, he picked off Russell Wilson in the end zone that on that yes, Thursday yes, night yes. game. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, he's still got one or two excellent seasons left. Uh, Micah Parsons is a beast. The 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 Giants secondary is very suspect. So maybe maybe Dak looks a little you know nervous or too much adrenaline early on. But then if they settle down, Tony Pollard, this guy Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State, Dallas has a lot of weapons, a lot of weapons. So I like Vaughn a lot. He is something. He five, can play. Five. He, yeah, 5-5 five, five and he's in the NFL. I'm not going to make any comparisons to him to, you know, Darren Sproles yet. I mean, he has yet to take a, a regular season snap, but he can scoot. And you can't, you know, with guys that size, you can't find them behind the big lineman. Before you know, he pops out of a hole somewhere and, he, and he's gone. Uh, right. So yeah. Yeah, I'm very curious, very curious about him. Um, but yeah, anything can happen. But Dallas does seem to match up with the Giants well as of late. Um, all right, brother. Here we go. We got five, six minutes left. Uh, let's talk a little Raiders Broncos. Um, I'm sticking with the Broncos. I do think it'll be close. Do I have this correct that the Raiders have won? Six straight. Did I read that correctly on Bleacher Report? Uh, unfortunately, that is that is the facts. Yes, they have not wow. beat them since 2019. I mean, the Broncos really have been in the in the cellar in the basement of this division. I mean, they're probably about you know 50-50 with the Chargers, but that's not saying much. And they have a losing streak against the Raiders and a huge losing streak against the Chiefs. So they they really are the basement of the AFC West, and it's time to change that. Right. They've only played uh, the Chargers well lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, like I said, that's not saying much. It's the Chargers. They don't have a whole build advantage, uh, and they're always snake-bitten and, and injury-prone. They did lose Waller, but they do still have some good receivers. You know, they still have Hunter uh, Renfro, Myers, Hooper, and, of course, uh, Devontae Adams. Very curious to see how Jimmy G looks. We know about Josh Jacobs. The guy averages, I looked it up, 123 yards against the Broncos. With that being said, I'm still sticking with the Broncos, but if that game around 5.30 Mountain Time, when it ends Sunday, if it's a Raiders victory, I would not be surprised at all. As we determined yesterday, it goes, what did we say, surprised? What was next? Then shocked. Stunned and then shocked. shocked. Yes, yes, yes. I I would be mildly surprised if the Raiders uh, win, but I would not be uh, stunned and I certainly would not be shocked. Who you got, brother? Uh, I got the Broncos. No way I'm taking the Raiders with uh, with some of the stuff that's going on with Chandler Jones and uh, McDaniels in the front office. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty wild yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'll, man, I'll say Broncos 27-21. to 21. I like that score. I like that a lot. I think um, no Jerry Judy, of course. Um, boy, I wish Albert O was running some uh, uh, you know, routes on Sunday afternoon. I think that would have been a nice weapon. I'm going to go... I'll just go slightly less, like 24, like an interesting score, like 24-20. That's not too, that's not too bizarre, actually. I'll that's go 24 yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's common. I was going to go like 19 or something weird. 
Broncos. But if that's, you know, if the winners are, are flipped there, if it's 24-20 Raiders, again, that would not surprise me. You know, if Josh Jacobs runs for like a buck 35 and two touchdowns, uh, would you be shocked or stunned if Josh Jacobs has another great game? Not at all. Not one no. bit. No. If he if he's like the AFC Offensive Player of the Week, that would not surprise me. But I think Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, uh, the discipline hopefully is there, uh, you know, at home, uh, the crowd, uh, maybe, and, and hopefully, and I'm thinking probably feeding off the CU Buffs win against Nebraska, maybe the whole city will be, you know, uh, feeling great. Uh, and maybe the Broncos will say, hey, that guy down, you know, up 25 and down 36 primetime, uh, does he not know that this is a Broncos city in town? So maybe, you know, that the light's a little fire under them. I don't know. I, I, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm talking here, folks. I'm a radio host. Josh McDaniel's coming back. They're still going to give him a lot of grief there. You'll hear a lot of the, you know, the incompletes. Yeah. Hey, who would you take right now if you had the option, Russell Wilson or Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Oh. Can I buy some time and ask you that question? Take your heart out of it. Yeah. Are, I was going back and forth, so I wanted to ask. But, I, man, I would take probably Jimmy G by the slightest so. the slightest of margins. I think so. Just based on a really, really rough year for Russell Wilson last year. Now, the career, the overall career performance, there's no doubt. Uh, there's no question. One's a borderline, if, may, if not already, a Hall of Fame player. And, and one is really trying to have his, you know, one or two or three marquee seasons uh, as he's bounced around from a few teams now. Uh, but right now, if I had to take Dak Prescott out of his uniform and put in either Jimmy Garoppolo or Russell Wilson to play Sunday night at the Giants, I think I'd rather have Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I really do. I'm with you. I trust him more than Russell Wilson, I'd say. Agreed. Better game and, and- manager, less mistakes. Yep, yep. Again, going off last year, we'll see. I don't think uh, Russell had a great preseason, but he didn't have an awful one either. He looked mobile. Uh, please, please, you know, Russell, get out of bounds, slide. You know how to slide. You're a baseball player. Uh, you're too valuable to the team, even though we don't exactly know who you are. But because we're all hoping that you're the number three of a few years ago. And look, man, uh, I'll, I'll text you at 530. I'll text you 5.30 Sunday afternoon which, uh, which quarterback I'd rather have for the season. <laughs> or, or, you know, uh, which, which quarterback would I rather have for that Sunday night game? I'll text you at 5.30. 5.30, well, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, I'm, look, if I'm Broncos country, I'm, I'm very nervous about the game. This is not, you know, the Texans coming to town. Um, and actually, considering who you were last year, the Broncos, you should be nervous against anybody until you see a game or two. But I will stick with the home team, the new coaching regime, uh, a clean slate, home field advantage, home altitude advantage, and I don't think the Raiders are the Chiefs, understatement of the day. And I think this this losing streak stops on Sunday, 24-20 Broncos. All right. Alex, brother, there you go. You're the best. Folks, have a great, great sports weekend. Have a wonderful weekend in general. And I'll see you Monday on the Morning Huddle.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.